Welcome to Oncofarm. I'm your host, John Bazaar. I'm an associate professor of pharmacy practice and a supporting sponsor of Oncofarm at the Bill Gatt College of Pharmacy. I'm recording this on October 21st, Wednesday. Uh, it's been a while since we've talked about, uh, you know, expanded access or expanded indication approvals to immunotherapy. Uh, and it's been at least a month since we've done that. So now it's time to catch up on, you know, your monthly update on immunotherapy expanded approvals. Uh, so let's go back to the first this month, August 2nd. And the combination of nivolumab and ipilimumab was FDA approved for the first line treatment of patients with unresectable malignant pleural mesothelioma. Uh, now mesothelioma is not that common. There are only t- uh, 2,500 cases a year in the U.S. So uh, mesothelioma is a malignancy of mesothelial cells, uh, and these are specialized epithelial cells that uh, basically form the lining of certain surfaces, like the pleural cavity, uh, peritoneal cavity, uh, for example. And of course, we all, if there's one thing you know about mesothelioma, it's that uh, asbestos exposure is highly linked uh, to mesothelioma, as well as uh, smoking. Uh, from a histological standpoint, most mesotheliomas are epitheloid in histology. There's also a sarcomatoid histology, and then a biphasic or mixed histology that has epitheloid and sarcomatoid um, uh, features. Uh, so just to back up a little bit here, well, you know what, let's just, let's just dive right in. Let's go forward. This approval for Nevo-Ipi, for uh, metastatic uh, unresectable mesothelioma, plural mesothelioma, is based off of Checkmate 743. Uh, and this was presented at uh, an annual meeting at the International Association for the Study of Lung Cancer uh, a couple months ago. It hasn't been published yet uh, that I can find. Uh, so it compares uh, nivolumab and ipilimumab for two years. Uh, the dosing here is the standard uh, nivolumab fixed dose, 360 milligrams every three months. And the low-dose IPI that we've seen kind of successfully combined with uh, nivolumab and, and other malignancies, at least from a tolerability standpoint, that's one mg per kg every six weeks, uh, versus uh, either cisplatin pimetrexid or carboplatin pimetrexid. Uh, now, before we get into the results, first thing you know that's helpful to do is to, to look at this backbone or this comparator. Platinum pimetrexid on its surface seems like uh, like a good backbone. Cisplatin pimetrexid's category one. Uh, you know, recommendation for these folks. Uh, so they could have received cis or carboplatin, which is appropriate assuming you're giving cis to patients who can handle it. Uh, cisplatin pimetrexid is the only FDA-approved uh, chemotherapy regimen in this uh, setting until the Nevo-Ipi approval. That's based off of a, an older study that compared cisplatin and pimetrexid to single-agent cisplatin, uh, the median overall survival improvement with the pimetrexid arm of 12.1 months versus 9.3 months has a ratio of 0.77, p-value 0.02. So platinum pimetrexid seems like a great backbone, okay? There is an an additional study uh, called the MAPS study, which was published in 2016, and this is um, cisplatin pimetrexid and bevacizumab with the option of bev maintenance versus cisplatin pimetrexid. It's called the MAPS study, which is mesothelioma avastin pimetrexid study, which sounds good, except that you just omit cisplatin from the title. It seems like a diss to cisplatin, one of the best uh, antineoplastic drugs we have. Best in terms of efficacy, not best in terms of toxicity. All right, uh, so this showed about a, a two-month improvement in median overall survival, 18 months versus 16 months, favoring the bevacizumab arm. That's p-value 0.02, similar p-value, similar hazard ratio, uh, at least when comparing cis-pemetrexid to cis alone, hazard ratio 0.77 again. Uh, now, a couple things about the MAP study. Um, 
that's a pretty high median overall survival in our backbone arm, which was or compared arm, which was 16 months. Uh, we got 12 months uh, in the earlier study. Now the authors talked about maybe there was some pleurodesis weighing in on this, but also that they re-challenge folks uh, in both arms with both uh, platinum and/or pemetrexid. Uh, so maybe that accounts for that higher median OS. Now, you might say then, well, all right, we got a two-month improvement median OS. It's statistically significant. Uh, Nevo Ipi should be compared to cis-pem-bevacizumab. And, you know, that would make sense. However, cis-pemetrexid-bevacizumab was not FDA-approved. Um, and since it's not FDA-approved, the Nevo-Ipi folks going for the indication don't need to beat what might be the best standard in the whole world, which you might argue is cis-pemetrexid-bev. They have to meet the best standard in the eyes of the FDA. There's only one FDA-approved regimen, which is cis-platin-pemetrexid. Now, uh, the folks who uh, did uh, the Bevacizumab study, I'm going to read uh, a quote from a press release they put out um, when they were in the process of preparing their FDA approval packet. So I'm quoting now uh, what Roche said. So after careful and comprehensive review of the data, Roche has determined that the MAP study was not fully conducted according to the registrational standards, like FDA standards. Uh, we have therefore decided not to submit an application dossier to global health authorities for a new indication for Avastin in malignant pleural mesothelioma. Global regulatory authorities, including the EMA, it's a European FDA, and FDA are being informed about this decision. Uh, so I don't know why, you know, you kind of maybe can guess and read the tea leaves that uh, maybe they thought they, were, they weren't going to get the approval because of some flaw in the MAP study, maybe record keeping, uh, who knows, maybe there was just simply an I that was not dotted, uh, or perhaps because mesothelioma is not that common, they didn't see, uh, you know, return on investment, I don't know, I don't know anything really how industry works, all right, but the bottom line here is cis pem Bevacizumab, which looks to be a little bit better than just cisplatin-pemetrexid, is not the backbone arm for Checkmate 743 uh, because they didn't get FDA approval. They didn't submit the, they didn't turn in the paper, <laughs> basically, or the papers. Uh, so what we have here in Checkmate 743 is uh, Nevo-Ipi for up to two years compared to six cycles of platinum and pemetrexid. All right, so uh, what we see here is that uh, there is an improvement in median overall survival, 14.1 months with platinum pemetrexid which is right between what's seen in the, the cis-bev, cis-pem-bev study and the original cis-pemetrexid study. So 14 months, right between the 12 and 16 months. Um, <clears throat> so that's the comparator, 14 months. And then four month, or four more months, 18.1 months with nevo Epi. So about a four-month improvement in median overall survival. Hazard ratio of 0.74, uh, comes from 0.61 to 0.89. Uh, so reasonable benefit, if you look at the Kaplan-Meier curves, uh, which are in the PIs, uh, they overlap perfectly uh, for six months. Uh, and then you start to see uh, the chemo arm fall away uh, faster. Uh, now, six months would be about two months after they finished the six cycles of chemo in the platinum pemetrexid arm. So six, cycle, six cycles of chemo every three weeks would be about four months. Uh, now, the PFS curves, uh, I could not find. They're not in the PI. This hasn't been published yet. But I would bet because we're comparing chemo versus immunotherapy, uh, that the chemotherapy curve originally does better for progression-free survival and then crosses over somewhere around the f you know, four, six-month mark, or maybe sooner, maybe like the three-month mark uh, after, after they do those first scans on study compared to immunotherapy. There was no difference in median PFS, actually median PFS numerically favored platinum pemetrexid compared to nevo-ipi. Uh, overall response rate, 40% in both arms. Um, I would do want to point out, though, so again, take home, like, the top-line message here is median OS was better by about four months uh, in the immunotherapy arm versus chemo. 
that's in all histology. If you look at epithelioid histology, which again is 80% of, of patients with pleural uh, malignant mesothelioma, the hazard ratio was like 0.85. Uh, if you look at non-epithelioid histology, the hazard ratio was 0.46 uh, with a comparison of 0.3 to 0.7. So the magnitude of benefit of immunotherapy was much greater in the non-epithelioid histology. And the median OS, uh, as you could guess from a hazard ratio of 0.46, is almost doubled, right? So the median OS went from 8.8 .8 months with platinum pimetrexid to 16.9 months um, uh, in the Nevo IPI arm. All right, so now we have this other established regimen here, it looks like, with Nevo uh, ipilimumab, especially for those folks who have non-epithelioid histology, uh, which makes you, you know, to kind of put this in perspective, uh, you know, if you look at all these studies, somebody that has, say, a prior autoimmune disease, uh, would be excluded from these studies, right, uh, with immunotherapy. But you might ask yourself if somebody has a prior autoimmune disease and they do have a mixed or sarcomatoid histology, uh, is it worth the added risk of using uh, immunotherapy and risking a flare of their autoimmune disease because there's greater benefit within that subgroup? Um, and this was a pre-specified subgroup. It wasn't exploratory post-hoc analysis. Um, however, uh, and again, we'll wait for this published to see what those PFS curves look like. But uh, again, we've seen this in, in malignancies over and over again. It seems to be especially malignancies with high tumor mutation burdens, uh, with malignancies that are caused by uh, mutations and, and carcinogen exposure, perhaps like asbestos, is that com combining chemo with immunotherapy seems to be better than just either approach alone. So that may be the next, uh, hopefully, study that we see. But again, not a very common disease. will take a long take longer time to accrue patients and to do that kind of a study. Okay, so that was from October 2nd, that approval. The next immunotherapy expanded uh, um, indication approval came on October 14th, and it's for pembrolizumab, which was FDA approved for relapsed or refractory classical uh, Hodgkin's lymphoma as opposed to lymphocyte predominant um, in adults and pediatrics who had refractory classical Hodgkin's lymphoma or classical Hodgkin's lymphoma that relapsed after at least two lines of treatment. Uh, now, Pembro was already approved for classical Hodgkin's lymphoma based on Keno 87, which was a single-arm study response based on overall response rate. Those patients had had a median of four prior treatments. This is based off of Keno 204, which was presented at ASCO uh, this year, 2020. About 300 patients in the write-up about the adults. Um, I didn't see, uh, you know, the, the PEDS study here. Uh, so this is just focused on adults, 300. They're randomized to either Pembro, 200 every three months, or brintuximab, vidotin, 1.8 mg per kg, standard dosing, uh, every three weeks for up to uh, two years. Sorry, Pembro, I think I said every three months. It's 200 every three weeks. Um, this approval was based on uh, progression-free survival, which which favored the pembrolizumab arm, 13, median PFS, 13.2 versus 8.3. Um, hazard ratio of 0.65, that was, uh, you know, uh, the went from 0.48 to 0.88. Uh, so reasonable, uh, you know, improvement in progression-free survival. Of course, overall survival not reported. Um, some, some odd things about this, um, and again, it hasn't been published, so we really probably ought to reserve judgment until we read this. Uh, you know, the median age was 35, but the range was 18 to 85. So, you know, Hodgkins has a bimodal distribution. A lot of folks, uh, late teens, early 20s, or 20s, early 30s, and a lot of folks, 50s and 60s, okay? And they're you know, very different types of patients to treat, obviously, and what they can handle. Um, the median prior lines of treatment was two in the pembrolizumab arm versus three in the brituximab arm. Now, medians can be a little bit... Uh, funny, and it you know it might be that this is just a statistical blip 
and uh, the pembrolizumab arm was not um, as heavily pretreated as the brintuximab arm, but it kind of looks like maybe the brintuximab arm uh, was a little bit uh, heavier pretreated, which would you would expect them maybe to do poor. Um, and it was a heterogeneous population of patients. So, so 42% of patients in the study were refractory to their last line of treatment, meaning no response, disease blew through it. 29% were primary refractory. Uh, so depending on what they got up front, you probably would think about if it's really aggressive, maybe traditional chemotherapy as a second line regimen, which uh, they, these patients did not receive. Um, 37% had had a prior autologous stem cell transplant. And if you were treating for curative intent, you would try to get these folks to transplant. Uh, and 5% had prior brintuximab. So I'm not sure why somebody thought they were going to put them on a study where they had a 50% chance to get brintuximab, fidotin. Uh, so it's a heterogeneous mix. So hard to know what to take from this, um, you know, heterogeneous patient population. But uh, so we do have now some, some data with immunotherapy compared to something else for an FDA approval. Uh, nivolumab, uh, by comparison, also has FDA approvals for, for classical Hodgkin's. Um, uh, and those are based off single-arm studies um, in patients who had a prior transplant and uh, had received brintuximab or uh, after three lines of therapy, including uh, an autologous stem cell transplant. Uh, so I'm sure that we'll have more expanded approvals uh, for immunotherapy going forward. Uh, I'm not a favor um, as a preceptor of giving students or learners busy work. And if you are, don't do that. Uh, but if you were really, really mean, um, you, you might assign somebody to read the nivolumab or pembrolizumab package insert from start to finish. It's just, it's a book. It's 100 pages. It's so, there's so, so many approvals. There's so much there. It's just, I feel sorry. Somebody edits that, right? Or if you work in drug information, like, you got to go through and look through 100 pages to find stuff. And can you imagine before we had the control F or command F function to look for, like, Hodgkin's in the monograph? Uh, anyway. Uh, off topic. So that's what we have for, for this week, uh, for this week's um, uh, pod. Uh, thank you uh, all for listening. Uh, I appreciate uh, all the all the feedback um, and your uh, you know your downloads and subscribes and all that good stuff. Uh, feel free to follow me on Twitter at FarmDeetNib. Follow the podcast on both Twitter and Instagram at UpperFarmPod. And until I talk to you again, remember doses matter. Thank you.